Welcome to Angel Answers with Amy Toy. I am your host. I'm psychic medium, healer, radio show host, YouTube star. And I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Eileen Dillon, MSW. And this speaker, this guest has a lifetime developing a way of understanding and working with emotions that allows whoever uses what she shares to become an emotional master. She has spent her life helping others to envision, identify, and live better and more satisfying lives, lives filled with the peacefulness that floods us when we work with the emotions that come up in us, rather than hiding or resisting them. Nearly 50 years, a California-based marriage and family therapist and psychotherapist, Eileen Dillon is the author of Emotions in Motion, Mastering Life's Built-In Navigation System. Eileen is an international speaker, coach, mastermind leader, and has her own internet radio show program for 13 years, focusing on awakening the world to the power and importance of human emotions. Having helped thousands of individuals and hundreds of families, Eileen is with us today to show us the way out of the wilderness of tyrannical emotions and into the light of emotional mastery. Please welcome a recovered angry person, Eileen Dillon. Hi, Eileen. How are you doing today? Hi. That makes me smile. <laughs> I've really been busy in my life. I know it's true, but it's interesting to hear coming back to me. Good morning, Amy. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be with you. <laughs> it's awesome to be with you today. It's um, our emotions. I like when you said you're a recovered, angry person. Well, when we were setting up the show, we talked about I, I'm a recovered, angry person, too, because... Well, you know, I've been in recovery for 10 years from alcoholism, and I, I was so angry I would drink my emotions away. So this is going to be a really interesting show, I think. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. definitely. So, and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on today uh, with the, the the scare that we're going through right now and how to manage the emotions that we have. But I think uh, your book might be good for some people to read in, um, while we're all in this isolation stage, don't you think? <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, you know, I'm so interested. I started my life as a as a basket case, an emotional basket case. Lost my birth mother before the age of two, mm. was in boarding schools at age three and four, mm. traveled the world, uh, moving every three uh, every 18 months to three years in my military family and endured a wow. great uh, number of types of abuse as a kid mm-hmm. growing up, which is what led me to be so angry because uh, in the days that I was raised, you weren't allowed to be expressing mm-hmm. your emotions. That wasn't a value. So you just had to hold them inside. And mm-hmm. one of the interesting things is that when you hold emotions inside, they grow. And anger mm-hmm. is our most active emotion. So it grows 
more easily and more powerfully than any other emotion we have. And it builds mm-hmm. up inside of us and it creates problems, as I'm sure you're aware. Mm-hmm. Well, it caused a lot of problems. And I was finding myself angry over this this whole quarantine thing because I like I don't go out much. I work from home, but I go, when I go to the gym, it's you know three to four times a week, um, and my gym closed down. And I was finding I was very angry about that, but I expressed that to a friend of mine, and she's like, "Just get it out of your system." And then she goes, "Beat up on a pillow and move on." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> right." Well, hopefully, as people uh, encounter my ideas. We can even move past that. That's wonderful, and I advocated that for many years also. But mm-hmm. with a better understanding of what anger is all about, anger, we, we set anger up inside of ourselves, our own selves. It, the universal cause of anger, Amy, is that we hold an idea in our head of how things are mm-hmm. supposed to be in the world. For example, Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be able to go to the gym every day. It's good for me, and I should not have it taken away from me, right? Right. And Mm -hmm. it's those shoulds. We have have shoulds, all of us, inside of ourselves. This should happen, and if it doesn't, we feel angry. This should not happen, and if it does, we feel angry. Um, And what I've learned as a person working with anger in myself is that really what what anger is doing is showing us where we're rigid, where we have ideas mm. that don't match with what's going on in the world. And the mm. purpose of that anger is to say, look at this. Your shoulds don't match how the world is really working. It's time for you to update. And mm-hmm. if you update, and when you update, you no longer get angry about those things. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's what my one friend said. She goes, "Well, you work, you have a home, you got weights, you you got TV, you got YouTube. Why don't you just do some, you know? Why don't you work out?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, duh." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but do you see now? I don't mean this in a, in a critical way, but do you see the rigidity there? You had one way of exercising mm-hmm. that right. you like. And you wanted it to keep going, and you thought it should, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so you weren't exploring what else was there. And that's the lovely thing about dealing with anger to the point of mastery, is that you say, okay, so I have a rigid idea. Maybe I want to change that. And then what else could I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. Yes. And I learned through, from my own journey that anger was notifying me, too, that maybe way, anger can be used in different ways, correct? Besides that, that something's wrong, that our boundaries are being violated, that we're being treated unjustly. Well, to me, those all go into the should. Uh, people should mm. not treat me unjustly. People should not violate my boundaries. I, I try to simplify things. But yes, it's connected to whatever it is that we do in life that, um, or expect in life that's not going the way we think it should. Hmm. Okay. What I mean, what? Why did you write this book first of all about uh, about the emotions, and why do you think it's so pertinent today? Well. 
you know, I got interested in emotions because I was so angry. And this was back in the 70s, and my husband and I had created this beautiful child together consciously. And then he decided that he wasn't ready to be a father, and he left us when she was 10 months old. And that is the kind of experience that will allow you and force you and push you to release anger, which is what I did. And it was going Mm -hmm. all over my precious little child, and I didn't know what to do about it. So I went looking in university libraries for information. I wanted to know what what causes people to be angry. Uh, Why are you so angry? Why does a person get so angry out of proportion to what's going on? Can you end it? Is there what can you do about it? And I looked for days and days in the university library, the School of Social Welfare at the University of California in Berkeley, which I had graduated Mm -hmm. from. And I could find nothing because it turns out that even therapists had not studied anger as its own entity, only as part of other mental illnesses, right? So Mm -hmm. in the 70s, we had no information. We had no overall theory about what emotions are all about. And so I had to go and figure it out for myself. And I've been waiting to write this book because once I figured out how anger works and I was able to experiment with the help of my therapy clients as well, once I figured Mm -hmm. that out, then I realized it was part of an entire system of how emotions work, which I can share with you if you'd like. Sure. Okay. So. First of all, it's important that you understand that I am working from a particular point of view. And if you, as you listen to this, I'm going to ask you and all the people who are listening to think of our earth as a giant school that we've Mm -hmm. all come to in order to learn and grow. And the way we get our lessons is we have experiences. And the experiences can be positive, they can be negative, they can be challenging. And along with those experiences come emotions. And the reason emotions come with our experiences is because emotions are a gift to human beings. Each emotion has a message for us. And that message helps us to learn the lesson that's offered through the experience, if we but use it. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. Yeah. So um, once we know that, now here's an interesting thing. I'm sure you've had a a similar experience more than one time with something Mm -hmm. maybe that was challenging for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have an example of something that comes to mind when I mention that? Well, I mean... um... Just, I always thought that um, I was angry at my family and I never would overcome that. So that was my okay. challenge. That's an okay. example. Okay. And so you would have experience after experience where you're angry with your family and mm-hmm. uh, it, that would be painful for you. Is that correct. possible? That's correct. Okay. Oh, very, very true. Yes. And And here's another thing I will suggest to you that 
that uh, over time, those experiences or the pain from it probably got worse. Yeah. And the reason, yeah, yeah, good. So the reason that happens is because uh, think about our world or the universe or God or however you want to look at this, something a little larger than ourselves is going, um, Amy, uh, there's something for you to look at here. It's something we'd like you to learn. And you Mm -hmm. go, oh, no, that's too painful. I don't want to look at that. Oh, no, Mm -hmm. I don't want to hurt anybody. Uh, Not now. And so you don't learn it. Well, this this is bigger than us, whatever it is. Uh, I'll call it the universe for right now. Uh, it, It says, okay, so you don't want to learn it right now. That's okay. We'll give it to you again. So you do without that lesson for a little while, and after a while, it comes back again. Only this time, it's a harsher lesson. It's a harsher Mm -hmm. experience. It hurts more. Mm -hmm. And the reason that it keeps hurting more is because this thing, this universe, whatever it is, doesn't give up. Once it's offered you a lesson to learn, it doesn't give up. So every Mm -hmm. time you don't learn it, you suffer more. Does that make mm-hmm. sense to you? Oh, yes. And I know that all too well. <laughs> all too well. We all do. We all do. Yes. And and so here's the good news. The good news is that as soon as you learn the lesson, it's over. I mean, mm-hmm. within seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I wrote the book. I want people to know we're in this big, giant school and nobody's mm-hmm. explained to us how it works, right? It mm-hmm. works. Exactly. It works because we have things to learn. And as mm-hmm. soon as we understand we're in school and a lesson gets presented to us, we learn it right away. We don't have to go through all that suffering and pain. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Oh, it does. Total makes total sense to me because I once I learned the lesson, it dissipated. And I was able right. to move into love and forgiveness and and all that stuff. And it doesn't affect me anymore. Exactly. What a great mm-hmm. example you are. Exactly. That's how it works. And we're free to go on to other things. Now, I want to just talk about how easy it is to learn the lessons once we accept this paradigm. All right? Okay. It's okay. so easy. Whatever. So you, you're having a problem with your, let's say you're having problems. I don't even know if you have a brother, but you're having a problem with your brother, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's one you've had 15 times already and you decide, okay, I'm going to learn what it is that is the lesson that I need to learn so that I don't have to keep going through this with my brother. Right. And all you do then is start asking yourself, show me what I need to learn in order to end this problem with my brother. What is it that I'm trying to teach myself with this problem with my brother? And you just keep asking yourself that until the answer comes to you, and it will come. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. that simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I have a half-sister that we never got along, and I just learned not to to fix her, just accept her for who she was. We were very okay. different individuals, and it just like I moved through the lesson when I accepted her for who she was. So that, so then you learned the lesson, and what the lesson was was that you weren't responsible 
for how she was, that the only person you needed to pay attention to or work with was yourself. And that's a fabulous learning. Fabulous. It is. And we all need to learn that. Well, especially when you have um, my mother and my half-sister are very much alike. So I had to learn. When I learned about the one, I learned about the other, and I was able to let it go. That's absolutely fabulous. That's wonderful. Congratulations took, to you. It took a long time, though. Believe me, it's, it wasn't an overnight thing. It took me a long, long time. So you're asking me why I wrote the book? So people don't yeah. have to take such a long time. Because yeah. once you understand the system, you understand you're in school, and it's going to be presented over and over. You know, people used to come to me to therapy, and we'd identify what the lesson was and what they needed to do or what would work best for them to mm-hmm. end the lesson. And they'd go away, and they'd come back for the next session, and they'd say, oh, I didn't do my homework. I didn't, I didn't make that change we talked about. And I would say mm-hmm. to them, that's okay. You don't have to learn it ever, but let me just promise you that the way things are set up is the universe will not leave you alone. It will come up again and again, and it's going to be harsher and harsher until Mm -hmm. you learn it. So whenever you're ready, however much pain you want to go through, that's Mm -hmm. what you'll be doing. It's just up Mm -hmm. to you. Oh, yeah. And then the pain gets greater and you're like, I'm not going to go through this anymore. What do I need to learn? Let's get through this. And that's what I do now. I'm like, okay, what do I need to learn? Like what I just, we talked about the earlier part of the show with isolation and that, what do I need to learn right now? Right. Right. And so that's the whole message or, or a big part of the message is we're all here to go to school. So let's get with the program. Let's understand that when something comes up, it's there to learn. Now, let me talk just a little bit about emotions, because I told you that each emotion has a message for us. Yes. Uh, The the subheading of my book is Mastering Life's Built-In Navigation System. That's emotions. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. every emotion tells us something. One of the things that's coming up through the coronavirus experience now is that some people are feeling lonely. And we have this idea that loneliness evolves from being alone, but Mm. that's not true. You can be alone in a crowd. You can feel alone in a marriage. It's not Mm -hmm. about being alone. It's about energy. Emotions are energy. Energy is made to flow, just like river water flows, right? And Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. we don't know how to deal with emotions, what we do is we we stop that flow, we block them up, we resist them moving in us and through us, right? So mm-hmm. loneliness is about that energy, and it occurs when we have more energy going out than coming back in, mm. right? So mm-hmm. you may you may be paying attention to your family members. You may be worrying about an outcome. You may be... Uh, trying to accomplish a lot of work uh, at home, or you may be vexed by trying to figure out how to work at home when you have small children there also. And that's your energy going out of you. So what do you do to bring energy back in? You do things that make you feel good. You might watch a, a movie, you might read a book, you might be able to take a walk. And the best thing to bring energy back to any of us 
is to do something for which we have a talent. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to be artistic. Um, I have a talent for cooking. Um, mm-hmm. You may have a talent for appreciating beauty. You know, whatever mm-hmm. you have a talent for will bring that energy back to you. And I want to encourage all of you who are listening to experiment with this. I love experiments. Experiment with this. The next time you feel lonely, uh, maybe before you feel lonely, make a list of some of the things that you really like to do or what your talents are. And then when you Mm -hmm. feel lonely, pick one of those things and put your energy into that and see what happens. I guarantee you, you will stop feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I I don't mind being in isolation because I'm used to being by myself. It's me and my cats. So uh-huh. I kind of enjoy uh-huh. it because <laughs> I work from home. I, it's it's not, bit, like I said, the only thing I'm angry about is the gym. I don't go out that much. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> it's interesting. So people should not take your one thing that you do outside of the house away from you, right? That's enough. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I definitely have a nice big backyard and I can uh, do stuff in the backyard here. I could walk around. It's I live in Florida. I mean, I could go take a walk. It's beautiful. It's just hot, but uh-huh. it's beautiful. Uh-huh. You know. So, so you see, uh, in school, uh, like remember back to the good old days when we were in elementary school, we were required to make changes. We right. had to learn the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and we were required to learn how things operate. And that's what this... Um, this pandemic is doing for us also. It's pushing us to make change. Let me just tell you something about change, Amy. As a therapist, Mm -hmm. what I discovered early on is that most people hate to make change. Mm -hmm. They will wait going over the same painful areas over and over again until the pain of where they are is so great, they think it couldn't be any worse if they make the change. And that's when they'll make the change, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe that this pandemic is about the fact that people on this earth have been resisting learning the lessons and making the changes that we need to learn and make. Mm -hmm. And what happens is if you don't learn the lesson, it keeps getting worse, right? Mm -hmm. So. What are some of the lessons that we can see just from the pandemic? We don't spend enough time with ourselves figuring out Mm -hmm. what's right for us. So now we're being forced to. We're not always loving of ourselves and others, but now we're being forced to. Do you follow how that works? Yes, I agree with that. Totally, totally. Yes, yeah. So. In a sense, this pandemic is of our own making because it contains lessons that we need to learn. And one of the things we can do to keep ourselves from feeling lonely or bad is to start learning Mm -hmm. these lessons, to learn to be really nice to ourselves, to learn to listen to the emotions that come up in us and work with them instead of opposing them to be as kind to ourselves and others as we can possibly be, and to feel okay about focusing attention on ourselves until we start Mm -hmm. feeling good or we continue to feel good. Mm -hmm. 
That's true. That's very true. That's very true. So let us go to the next thing. So we are learning. Maybe we've come up with an emotion. So what do we do with it then? How do we deal with those that emotion that we're dealing with right now? Maybe it's not anger. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's anxiety about the coming events in the world. How do we deal with those emotions? Well, the first thing we do is to allow emotions to come up. Mm -hmm. We don't own emotions. We tend to talk about my anger and my fear and my upset and my anxiety. And that's not really a healthy thing to do because everything we say out loud, our subconscious mind is listening to, and it creates a a belief inside of us. And we live our lives based on those beliefs, and we don't even know they're in there sometimes. So Mm -hmm. if I say, oh, it's my anxiety or my fear or my illness, that tends to pull that and hold it to us. So we, it's harder to work with, right? Mm-hmm. If we mm-hmm. say, I'm feeling anxiety or anxiety is coming up in me, that's mm-hmm. a different kind of statement. So I want to really put that out there. So first of all, recognize that the first place you feel any emotion is in your body. And so you want to love your body and listen to your body and, and uh, allow it some authority. Recognize that it's saying something to you. Then allow the emotion to be there. We don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything about emotions. They just are. They're not good Mm -hmm. or bad. There's no good emotion and no bad emotion. Fear is Mm -hmm. a really good emotion when it helps us Mm -hmm. to go into situations that are not good for us or that are dangerous, right? Right. So it's not a bad or good emotion. Uh, It only becomes... Emotions only become negative when we hold on to them and their power builds up. Like we hold on to anger and it turns into hate, right? Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is feel the feeling, allow Mm -hmm. the emotion to be there, and then um, useful to have my book because we've got 12 emotions in the book with the message that each emotion is attempting to give to us. Fear is, for example, uh, broadcasting to us, um, you're entering unknown territory. Watch out. Be careful. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, Anxiety, really, uh, the message of anxiety is that we are going over and over the same fear without resolution, and it's driving us crazy. Mm -hmm. So we really need to step into the fear. Most of us try, if there's something we are afraid of, and I was afraid for 50 years, uh, if there's Mm -hmm. something we're afraid of, we try to ignore it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the really best thing to do is to step into the fear. What is it I'm afraid of? Is there Mm -hmm. anything I can do about it? Well, what's the worst thing that will happen if I do this? Or what's the worst thing uh, that will happen if I don't do this? And really Mm -hmm. explore it, right? Mm-hmm. And look mm-hmm. for the lesson. What do I need to learn from the fact that this is coming up? Some people like, suppose you feel fear, say, in your chest, right, underneath your Adam's apple. Mm-hmm. Some people like to put their hand on that part of their body and have a little conversation. 
okay, I feel you in there, fear. What are you trying to tell me? Well, Mm -hmm. you're putting us in danger of dying because you're going out of the house when everybody's saying that the coronavirus could get you when you go out of the house. Well, but I I feel okay, and I've been taking these precautions. But I'm really scared, and you're putting me at risk, and I want you to stop that. You see, you can have a little dialogue with it and find out Mm -hmm. what it wants you to do. Well, what would make you feel better? Well, Mm -hmm. uh, your fear says, or the fear says, what would make me feel better is if you will really listen to the precautions and follow them and just stay home and relax and recognize that this is a different time and it requires different behavior. You can even hear me getting calmer as I'm conducting this conversation. Can you not? I can. Yes, I feel it. Yes, and I hear it. Yes. Yeah. So so that's what we want to do. We want to listen to. So what are some of the messages that emotions are giving us? Fear says, uh, watch out, you're going into new territory. Anger right. says, you have ideas about the world that are incorrect. It's time to change them. And anger is the one that I know that has uh, a dual um, uh, message. The other one is right. it's time to take action. Do something. Right. Mm-hmm. Do something different. Um, exactly. Loneliness, you have more energy going out than coming in. Anxiety says you're going over and over the same fears. You know, deal with the fear and stop stop doing this to yourself. Guilt is a man-made emotion. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not even a real emotion. So mm-hmm. uh, guilt is a form of anger uh, that says that mm-hmm. you don't have a right to feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. not a real emotion, and um, we don't. It, it, it's more complicated than I can get into here. But uh, but right. uh, you don't have to feel guilty about anything. It doesn't help. We tend to think that guilt is a form of conscience and helps us stay on the straight and narrow, and it doesn't. Right. It just freezes us and uh, keeps us from allowing emotions to move and allowing ourselves. To and our own energy to move. Exactly, exactly. And uh, in my experience, sometimes guilt is imposed upon you by other individuals, and that's hard yes. to decipher what's yours and what's theirs. And I think in my journey, I had to learn that it was their stuff, not mine. And then people talk about fear. I lived in a, I mean, I lived in a very, I don't want to say fear-based household growing up, but I was. So when this came all about, I was like, I work through so much that I'm like, I'm not fearful. I'm like, I know the precautions I need to take in that. But it's amazing how some people, I don't know, live in the fear. I don't know about what you think about that, but it's just well, a common emotion. You know, that's what I've learned. As I, as I told you, um, I, I was fearful for um, mm-hmm. 50 years. I lost mm-hmm. my birth mother. I was taken away from my birth mother. Imagine mm-hmm. how much fear there is with a three-year-old that's put into a boarding school and mm-hmm. away from the life she's known. And my birth mother didn't um, take really good care of my older sister and me. So we had no idea there were rules in the world. We pretty much lived our own lives uh, all the way almost up to age three for me. And then we go to a boarding school, and there's nothing but rules, and it was a scary place. So I was fearful my whole life until I was 50 years old. 
And I turned 50 and I thought, you know what? I'm really tired of being afraid. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I went, well, Mm -hmm. you figured out how not to keep on being angry. By the way, you can't get rid of emotions. We don't want to get rid of them. They're part of us and they're helpful to us. But you can Mm -hmm. relegate them to a much smaller role in your daily Mm -hmm. life. All right. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. what I was looking for. And can I tell you what I found? Because it has left me living what I now call a fearless life. Sure. Um, What I came up with is that uh, on the earth there are opposites. There's light and dark and hard and soft. Mm. What's the opposite of fear, Amy? Mm. Love. Well, a lot of people say love. What came up for me is faith. Okay. not the kind of faith that is a religious faith, but the kind that you have when you put your head on the pillow at night and you have faith that you're going to wake up the next morning, right? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So what happens when we get in a situation where we're going into unknown territory? The first thing that happens is fear comes up. So the mm-hmm. question is, once I'm already in fear, because that's what happens so immediately, how the heck mm-hmm. do I get to faith? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't be in light and dark at the same time. You can't be in hard and soft at the same time. And the same, by the same token, you can't be in fear and faith at the same time. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. Yeah. So how do I get myself from fear into faith? And I created something that works for me if, uh, if you're listening and you don't have a uh, spiritual or religious belief, it might not work for you. But what I was aiming for was what could I think of that was bigger than me that I could rely mm-hmm. on? And okay. so what I came up with was this question. When something is scary to me, I asked the question, what if I had a written guarantee from God that everything is going to work out and I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Then, what would I be paying attention to? What actions would I take? What decisions would I make? And I began to do those things every time I started feeling afraid. Okay, what if I had a written guarantee? What would I be paying attention to now? Usually, what you'd be paying attention to is going forward to do whatever it is you thought of doing that's scaring you, right? Mm -hmm. And what decisions would I make? I'd make the decision to keep putting one foot in front of the other instead of freezing in fear. Mm -hmm. Just see how that works? And what happened over time, Amy, was that I have become virtually fearless. Right now, I'm 77 years old. And I live full-time in my RV, and for the last three years, I've been traveling the United States in 32 states and four Canadian provinces, just me and my little dog. You've got your cat. i got my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I think it's good. People go, oh, aren't you afraid? Oh, you're so brave. I don't feel Mm -hmm. brave at all. I I don't feel fear, right? Mm. Uh, or mm-hmm. the, uh, the fear is there, but it's 
I don't choose to pay attention to it because I don't want to give it energy. And right. it comes through in seconds instead of instead of ruling my life. And that's what I mean by mastering emotion. What about mm-hmm. I get in charge of what I experience emotionally instead of just being at the whim of of whatever brings up those things? Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. Hello, my name is Amy Toy, the host of Angel Answers with Amy Toy. Besides being a radio show host, I'm also an intuitive counselor who provides spiritual insight into matters of the heart. Are you confused about your love life? Thinking of getting a new job? Wondering about your purpose and why you are here? I work very closely with not only the angelic realm, but also those who have crossed over to the other side. All sessions are strictly confidential. I also offer long-distance healing sessions using angelic energy. This angelic energy, also known as Integrated Energy Therapy, IET, can be done through Skype or on the phone and helps you get the issues out of the tissues. For first-time clients only, I am offering a 20% discount. You can find me online on amytoyamytoy.com, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or email me at angelicamy35 at gmail.com or simply call 727-514-7323. May the angels carry you through, and this is for entertainment purposes only. I was growing up um, because my parents were like, okay, Amy, don't work downtown. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'm from, I'm not from a big city. Okay. I'm from Buffalo, New York. (laughs) Nothing. Ah. So um, I would always, when I was younger and I'm, I think I still have this rebellious spirit. I would do the opposite of what they told me and I would conquer my fears and I learned how to dispel my fears that way. So I got a job downtown. I did my own thing. I did this. I did that. And I overcame a lot of my fears doing it that way. I went to the opposite. I faced it. Now as I'm getting older, (laughs) I do have some of that, but I think I need to cultivate that again, that fearlessness that I used to have. Yes. And Amy, I just really want to appreciate you and compliment you for what you did there. Because what you did and what so many, 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 a lot of people don't do, but really yearn to do, you listen to yourself. You listen to Mm -hmm. your own heart. You said, this is what I need to do for me. And you did it. Mm -hmm. That's fabulous. And that's um, where where we want to get to. Yes. And it's so imperative right now that we just live. I also learned because of being in recovery too, maybe this will help our listeners, is just taking it one day at a time. Focus on today. What I can do today. Not what's going to happen. This is going to last. You know, all the reports that we hear about this virus. Focus Mm -hmm. on today, what you can control today. And you can only control yourself today at this present moment. Let me offer you, can can I amplify that just a little bit? Sure. There's a universal principle, and the principle is that the only time you have power is in the present. Mm -hmm. And the only person you can have power over is yourself. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would extend what you're saying there for all the days when tomorrow comes. Today is the day I have power, and mm-hmm. the person I can have power with is myself. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what I write in my book. That's all yeah. that's necessary, no matter what mm-hmm. your situation. Number one, you can't have power over anybody else. And number two, uh, it's a waste of your time and energy. When you have power over yourself, everything outside of you reflects that and things fall into place for you. Which brings, yeah, which brings me yeah, to the next question, which is taking about personal responsibility, right? Yes. Uh, what's your question about personal responsibility, Amy? Well, so people are listening to this and they're thinking, wow, that's a lot on me. Isn't that true? Or does that give them more control over the situation personally? Ah, well, that's an interesting... Okay, now I see how you're asking that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it's a lot on you, but guess what? That's the way the world is set up. Each mm-hmm. one of us comes here as a learner. And mm-hmm. what we're really, you know, so many of us are looking for our purpose. The purpose that each one of us has is to explore okay. while we're here. We explore mm-hmm. relationships. We explore activities. We explore our inner selves. We explore emotions. And mm-hmm. uh, nobody else can do that for us, right? We mm-hmm. came here to explore. And so our aim needs to be, how can I be my fullest self? How can I explore the most? Um, mm-hmm. And and then that requires that I take responsibility. However, mm-hmm. I think responsibility has been given a terrible name, usually in our teen years when people say, you're not being responsible for this or that, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. <laughs> yes, I and remember those talks. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we all went through it. I don't know what this, this uh, university that parents go to is like, but they all say it, right? Yes, we take responsibility, but if not you, who? It's your life. You came here to yep. do the exploring. And not mm-hmm. only that, the more responsibility you take, the better you feel. Mm-hmm. I have this funny little trick. When I first learned this, I learned this in the early 1990s when I was writing a series of books helping parents to teach their children how to work with emotions. And mm-hmm. uh, the challenge that was offered by one person I researched with was, you know, take responsibility to the point where somebody offers you, come do your favorite thing with me. You say, just a minute, I see a little responsibility over here I can take. I'll come with you as soon as I take it. Right? Mm -hmm. That level Mm -hmm. of taking responsibility. So I have this funny, quirky little thing that I do. Most people, it appears, hate to replace a toilet paper roll in the bathroom. So (laughs) I don't have that problem right now. (laughs) So my quirky little thing is wherever I am when it's not coronavirus time, if somebody hasn't put the roll on in the bathroom, I put it on. And I just love it. And I don't tell any, I'm telling you, but I don't usually tell anybody, you know, it's my thing. Mm-hmm. It builds my self-esteem. It's me taking the opportunity of being responsible. And yes, it may at first feel pretty intense or heavy, but the mm-hmm. more you take it, the better you feel. Mm-hmm. 
interesting. Okay, um, we, we're going to speak of alternatives. Some people, you know, we hear about this tapping, the EFT, emotional freedom tapping. Why not just immediately meditate on emotions and turn them loose or use the tapping method to disappear and stop causing problems? Well, it's possible to do that. And uh, I certainly have done some tapping myself. It's a wonderful technique, meditation Mm -hmm. also. However, if we're in a giant school and we all came here to learn and emotions are helpers that have been given to us to assist our learning, then Mm -hmm. if we immediately tap or meditate emotions away, we deprive ourselves of that help and those that learning. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why it's important to me to first, you know, go ahead and, and tap things away, but first figure out what the lesson is and how your how the emotion you're feeling can assist you with that. Do the learning and then tap it away if it's still there. What I found is that it's not still there most of the time. Not only that, once you start working in the way that I'm talking about, it doesn't come back, Mm. you know, with the Mm -hmm. tapping. So I tap it away this time, then it comes up again. I have to tap it away again. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing. But why Mm -hmm. go to all that work? (laughs) It is a lot of work. And it didn't help me with uh, my... My middle half sister <laughs> trying to tap her away just didn't work. Right. Well, it, it's really good for immediate relief, and if you're in a situation where you need immediate relief, by all means. But in mm-hmm. terms of living a life here, um, consider the approach that I've been sharing today, because mm-hmm. that's the wonderful thing. It's a lasting change. When mm-hmm. people talk about managing anger, for example. You manage mm-hmm. it today, you do all right for a little while, the same anger comes back, you've got to manage it again. The right. way I'm offering you to work with emotions, you manage, you, you master it today, you right. deal with it today, you learn the lesson, it's done. It doesn't come mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. So how long will it take to develop this emotional mastery over the emotions? <laughs> well, there... There is no, I mean, sadly, it's taken me 50 years. No, <laughs> I get the, I understand. I'm a little younger than you, but I understand. Okay. Well, I'm laughing because it did take me 50 years. Uh, and the mm-hmm. reason it took me 50 years is there was nobody telling me how to do it. So my answer is that I don't really know how long it will take. But what Mm -hmm. I do know is as soon as you start working this way, you start feeling better. So Mm -hmm. it starts mattering less and less how long it takes and more and more what can I learn and Mm -hmm. and more joy comes into your life. And like you said earlier, there's more room for love and creativity. Mm -hmm. And that's really the key. It is. I mean, like I said earlier in the show, when I was working through my anger with my family and certain situations that I had gone, was under, gone, had gone through. Yeah, under, yeah, almost put me under, basically. Um, it did, I just would ask myself and I would ask the woman, I had a therapist that was, she was actually a woman that worked with anger. That was her mm-hmm. one of her keys. 
And I, I would be like, how, when is this going to end? I'd ask her. And she goes, well, when you face the lesson, <laughs> just like you're saying. I'm like, oh, oh come on. And I don't want to do that. But I did. Right. And it was worth it. And it, and it was really, it helped me personally to be free of my past. Because, okay. you know, one of my greatest uh, messages, too, is just, uh, like you said, face the fear. I lived in Buffalo for the first 39, 40 years of my life, and I moved to Florida. And that was a big leap for me yes. to do. Because, you know, people say, oh, you know, why do you want to move to Florida? It's hot and it's got snakes and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, better than nine feet of snow my last winter in Buffalo. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's just that once you face your fear and do what you want to do, it, it just, I don't know, it just, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of blessings in taking risks in the unknown and facing your fears. See, it's not just about unknown, really. What mm-hmm. you did and what you're talking about is following your heart. And mm-hmm. if more of us understand that when our heart speaks to us and we follow it, mm-hmm. we are so much better off. Like our heart is telling us this is what your purpose is. This is what you need to do next. Exactly. And all we need to do is listen to it and have faith that mm-hmm. it's right for us and our mm-hmm. life unfolds. I'm sure since you've been to Florida, your life has unfolded in ways you never could have anticipated when you were in Buffalo. Is that true? Yeah. That's very true. And, you know, it, you know, it also ties into the next question. You know, we've worked on our emotions. How do we work on from them coming back with well, our anger, when you, our fear? Like I said, when you when you deal with emotions the way I'm talking and the way you mm-hmm. apparently learned, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't come back. Not in that uh, over that same issue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. In part, in part, you uh, you deal with. Uh, Anything like you can get angry at something else, right? Mm-hmm. But you go exactly. through the same process. What are my shoulds? What do I think should happen or should not happen? How mm-hmm. true is that? Uh, okay, suppose I need to make a change here. What would work better than these shoulds? You make the change, you forgive yourself for being angry, and you mm-hmm. take power in your life, you take responsibility for your life. And you move on. And that mm-hmm. uh, anger is gone. Let me give you a simple example. You're driving down mm-hmm. the freeway and um, somebody cuts in front of you and you get mm-hmm. angry. Right. So many of us do this. Now, mm-hmm. your anger tells you that you hold a belief that people should not cut in front of you when you're driving on the right. freeway. Right. Well, how realistic, how real is that, that people should mm-hmm. not cut in front of you? I mean, after all, almost every time we get on the freeway, somebody cuts in front of us, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So approximately what percentage of all drivers are going to be cutting in front of us? Let's say we decide a third of them are, right? Mm -hmm. So the next time you're driving on the freeway and somebody cuts in front of you, instead of going blankety blank blank, I'm so angry. You go, oh, mm-hmm. you're part of the third of all drivers who's going to cut in front of me, right? Well, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what you do. That's your issue. I have nothing to do with it, you know? <laughs> exactly. I'm not angry. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? 
Yeah. So I've, yes. I've changed my should and you can right. change your should. So uh, I really encourage, uh, I mean, I put this is my first book that I wrote and I put my heart into it. We have a wonderful feature in the book, which is uh, as long as we're in a, a school, then mm-hmm. it stands to reason that my life is a personal laboratory for me and your mm-hmm. life is a personal laboratory for you. Would you agree, Amy? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at the end of almost all the chapters, I have a section called My Personal Laboratory. And I tell a story from my life about a lesson that I needed to learn and how it worked out. And then we have a section from your personal laboratory, and I ask you, the reader, questions uh, that will help them explore the same kind of issue in their own life. I really mm-hmm. like that. So not yeah. only do you get the message of 12 different emotions and how to work with those emotions, uh, you also mm-hmm. get some spiritual tools that nobody ever taught mm-hmm. you about, like the 72-hour rule and the mm-hmm. close-the-door exercise. Um, mm-hmm. And you also then, you know, have examples of how that has worked out in my life and uh, things that you can do so you can work it out in your own life. I, I'm really excited about that book. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like a good book. In fact. I just downloaded Audible the other day, so I'm definitely uh-huh. going to purchase the book and listen to it if it's on Audible. <laughs> or, it's not or, there no. yet. It's it's being okay. edited as we speak. Um, okay. I, and I'm writing a second book now. I'm almost finished with it. It's called, it's awesome. on ending um, manipulation, oh, which I cool. think is a big thing for yes. us humans that we really yes. need to in the whole process of manipulation. And yes. uh, in order for us to make further spiritual and personal progress. Yes. Well, when your book is done, your second one, you can come back on the show because I'd love to hear that. Okay. That's another. Okay. I love that. So we got to wrap up the show, Eileen, but tell people where they can find you to sign up for your masterminds or book or your speech or workshop. And what is your website URL? Okay. My website is Ma- uh, emotionalmasteryforlife.com, all spelled out, emotionalmasteryforlife.com. And you can reach me by email at Eileen, I-L-E-N-E, at emotionalmasteryforlife.com. Uh, also, there are links to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn and um, mm-hmm. Facebook and whatever there on my website. And there's a link there for you to buy the book also. So it's pretty simple. Just go to emotionalmasteryforlife.com and you can find me. Awesome. Eileen, thank you for coming on the show. This was very informative and very uh, timely, I think. Good. I appreciate being able to share this. I want the entire world to wake up, Amy, and realize that we've been working way too hard with emotions and we can have better lives and happier lives just by doing a few simple changes. And mm-hmm. I think that the events of the world are pushing us to start looking at it. So it's doubly important that we get the message out now. And thank you for the opportunity to do that. Thank you, Eileen. And uh, this is Amy Toy with Angel Answers with Amy Toy. Uh, listen to our great our shows, like a great guest like Eileen Dillon. 
and uh, wait for next week for the angels to carry us through. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Are you there, Eileen? I am. Oh, thank you for coming on. I'm sorry if my questions kind of <laughs> meandered a little differently. Sometimes my thought process doesn't do well. <laughs> it's like, Bleh. Oh, no, it didn't. It was fine. It was fine. Um, it gave me an opportunity to uh, to share a lot of different things that I think are really important. So I think you did a good job. Thank you. I thank you for coming on. And that is so cool that you have an RV. I've always thought about doing that. Just purchasing uh, an RV, take the cats, and just go cross-country. That would be so cool. Well, I never thought of doing it at all. <laughs> but my husband died four years ago, oh. and my son sat me down and said, okay, so you have this big house in Northern California, and how much is it going to cost you to pay taxes and upkeep? And is that the way you want to spend your money? And is that the mm. way you want to spend the end of your life? And I went, hell no. And <laughs> bought myself, <laughs> sold the house and bought my, myself an RV and took off. Wow. Right that this minute great. I'm at my son's house in Northern California because he, he called me home. He said, Mom, there's coronavirus out there and I want you here where I can keep an eye on you. I went, okay, that feels very loving to me. So that's where I am. And an interesting thing is happening with RVers because uh, everything is closing down. There are fewer and fewer places for people to stay with their RVs. Mm. Oh, wow. Yes. I bought enough groceries to last me for a couple of months in my RV and was planning to stay in uh, Oregon, because when when things got rough, I was on my way to Canada to visit a friend, and um, okay. so I bought a lot of groceries. And then the federal government started closing down the land that I was going to mm-hmm. stay on. Uh, you know, like the Bureau of Land Management or national parks, they were closing them down. And uh, wow. that's when my son said, "Come home here, mom." So Aww. I did, and it's really been wonderful. We are making a garden. So we have fresh vegetables because we don't know how long it's going to take. And, and I yeah. have been named chief gardener. I love gardening. So <laughs> we, I dug it up for two days and then we planted yesterday. So we're, oh, that's great. We're going. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. We're making the best out of it. So, well, thank you, Eileen, for coming on. It's such a pleasure. It was really nice to have you on. Thank you. I want to ask you one thing. Was it in Buffalo that you were working with a therapist that knew that about anger? Yes. Yes. That is great because I have not heard of very many people. Would you be willing to give me her name? Yeah, I'd have to look it up. It's a Jane something. And she was retiring as I was. um, Oh. But she she might still be working. And um, she was doing something part-time because she has grandkids. But. She uh-huh. gave me the anger workbook. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of that. Yes. I forgot. I had that. I work with that. Um, this, you know, the 72 hour rule. Cause I was dating, I was actually with my ex-husband at the time. And um, that's when I stopped drinking. I started my last year of active drinking was with him. And then I stopped drinking. So a lot of interesting Great. stuff 10 years ago, 
But yeah, I right. will look her up and see if she's still around. Um, I would really machine. appreciate that because I really have not run into very many therapists who who have that level of understanding about anger, and I'm really excited to know that there are some people out there. <laughs> yes, she. Yeah, I just it. I was well, real fast. My my best friend from childhood. I had known her for since I was eight years old. Passed away suddenly. And oh, I was dear. so angry because it just, all this anger came up when she passed. I was angry uh-huh. at her for leaving me because we were very close. And I went to Jane to work on that. And we just started exploring other things. And I made a lot of life-altering decisions working with her, including walking uh-huh. away from my family because they were so toxic. And so I had to walk away from my family, too. So I know what you're talking about. I kept trying to go back and connect with them and it would last about three months and yes. my my statement was and then the shit would hit the fan mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? and yes. so after a while I finally said you know I can't keep doing this I gotta I, I came here to live a life and I can't live a life if I keep staying connected to them so I really know what you're talking mm-hmm. about yeah well my dad passed away in 2013 and I knew intuitively I was going to walk away from them I just knew it I just had to uh-huh. And because um, Jane and I had tried to work with reconnecting with them, it just didn't seem to work. It was like everything was my fault. And the most frame thing she ever said to me was, these issues were there before you were even born. You weren't the cause of this. Uh-huh. Like, wow. Uh-huh. Really? Didn't occur to me. Yep. Because I was getting blamed for yeah. stuff that wasn't even my fault. My so. father, my father divorced my birth mother. He was in World War II, when I was uh, when I was born, he landed in New Guinea a couple of days after I was born, and mm-hmm. my birth mother didn't take good care of us. And he came mm-hmm. back from the war and found out all the things that she was doing that were really not good, and yeah. he divorced her. And years mm-hmm. later, when I was in my forties, my father sent me a bill for what it cost him and my stepmother in lost wages because he had fought in court to get custody of us when Mm. I was two and a half, three years old, right? Like the amount of blame, it's like, how can you hold a three-year-old child responsible for the decisions that you made, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy, crazy. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you got free of that. It sounds like you had a really wonderful, I'm so glad you found somebody who could help you. It's uh, amazing how well, some people yeah. do. Well, I mean, I made the decision I didn't want to be like them because I knew intuitively when I was growing up, something was wrong with this family. I felt uh-huh. like an alien. Uh-huh. You know, I felt like an alien because I just never felt. If you want to com- um, continue the conversation on a um, personal, if you ever want to do that. Um, I am working to get another book out, but I'm happy to talk with you. Uh, There are a number of things we can talk about that relate to my book. So if it comes up again, if there's something you want to explore, let me know. In the meantime, thank you so much. Okay, great. Okay, great. Thank you, Eileen. Thanks, Amy. Look upon.